0: Well things could be worse. We could be in Texas. It's a bad place right now. The snow is still coming down in some areas and uh, some people are still without power here too. And for them it's bad. All of us have lived through severe storms. No matter where you live on this continent some kind of severe weather event is going to happen. The sky grows dark and cloudy, the wind begins to howl, the sirens go off especially in the Midwest because you know that means tornadoes in the area. And the rain comes down in buckets, the electric lines shiver and shake. Did you see the, did you see the video of the power lines in Louisiana? You didn't see that? Overloaded, overstrained, or whatever was going on, sparks and flames are traveling down these power lines. I've never seen anything like it. Emergency vehicles dart up and down the streets. When you're caught up in all of that, man, you know you're stuck in a bad place. Lent begins tonight with Ash Wednesday, and, and with it, we begin a worship series called Places of the Passion. Using Matthew's Gospel, we'll walk with Jesus to places like the Upper Room, the Garden of Gethsemane, Pilate's Judgment Hall, and the Hill of Golgotha. These aren't naturally bad places. I mean, Jill and I visited them a year ago, and there was bad weather there. I mean, the worst flooding they've seen in Israel in 50 years. I mean our first morning in in Jerusalem, I was I was wide awake at three thirty in the morning and I looked out our hotel window and man, it was like forty mile an hour winds and rain and just blustery weather. But it wasn't a bad place at the time. For Jesus, however, Jerusalem was a bad place. Today we walk with Jesus to the city of Jerusalem. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, this is Matthew 26.1, and it goes on. Matthew records five teaching blocks of Jesus. He sort of patterns his gospel after the first five books of of the Old Testament. Five times, Matthew writes, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he does that It's chapter 7, verse 28, and chapter 11, verse 1, chapter 13, verse 53, chapter 19, verse 1, and chapter 26, verse 1. When Jesus had finished all these sayings. Matthew 26, 1 is the fifth and final time Matthew writes when Jesus had finished all these sayings. What's the point? Why does does Matthew say this five times? Well, Matthew is finishing his gospel. He's wrapping things up by the time you get to this verse. It's all coming to an end, and it will end with a massive storm. The sky is growing dark and cloudy. The wind is beginning to howl. Soon the rain will be coming down like buckets. But you know, I'm not talking about the weather, right? How so? Well, Jesus said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Matthew 26, 1-2. This will be Christ's last Passover in Jerusalem. And you know, he's had many before that. It, the Bible doesn't recount all of them for us. But it's, it goes without saying that Jesus would have gone to Jerusalem every year for the Passover with his family at first and then perhaps by himself. This last Passover, however, he's about to be crucified, dead and buried. Jesus is stuck in a bad place, a very bad place with a storm ready to hit. What's it like to be stuck in a vulnerable exposed place where a storm hits? What's it like? Well, have you raised kids? Are you raising kids? Did you get cut from the team or did you lose your job? Did you lose the love of your life? Did you lose your investments or your retirement savings? (laughs) DJ's shaking his head, no, none of that stuff's happened to me yet. It will. (laughs) One of them will at least. What about your health? Is old age getting the best of you? Has a doctor come back into the room and said, well, I have bad news. One of America's first soap operas was CBS's The Secret Storm. This was before my time, so I don't remember it, but maybe some of you do. Ethel, she remembers The Secret Storm. It ran for 20 years, but the the, the title is uh, not talking about actual weather. A Secret Storm in the soap opera sense is the worst kind of personal storm because you feel so all alone. It's a secret storm because you're so ashamed or so embarrassed and so afraid that you don't tell a soul about what's going on with you. Most of life's storms come and go. There's another kind of storm that comes but never seems to go. It's that secret kind of storm. Hammers and hounds, it it brings with it hell and high water. Thunder roars and lightning streaks across the sky. What am I talking about? It's the storm called sin. And causes all kinds of personal damage. And can even damage others. From us. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth, not stealth bomber or stealth fighter, but in secret and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Caiaphas, Caiaphas, Josephus Caiaphas is the high priest. He held this office from eighteen to 36 A.D., far longer than anyone else in this era, era, indicating that this guy had some political skill and shrewdness that perhaps some of the other high priests did not have. Caiaphas knows that a public arrest of Jesus will be very risky to his own neck. There would most certainly be an uproar among the people because they believed Jesus was a mighty prophet from God. Caiaphas couldn't have Christ killed during the Passover feast, but he couldn't wait until after the Passover because then Jesus would probably leave Jerusalem and go back down to Galilee and escape them once again. Why are the chief priests and elders plotting to kill Jesus? Well, they were losing their place. They had the most important places in the synagogues and in the marketplace. They wore long tassels. They gave a tenth of their possessions. They fasted twice a week. They prayed long and opulent prayers. They could take their esteemed place in the community and thank God that they were not in the place of the other people like those tax collectors and sinners. See, the chief priests and the elders had a place of power and respect. That is, until Christ showed up. See, Christ's ministry attracted crowds. People flocked and gathered to Him. His words touched hearts. His hands opened eyes. This was something the chief priests and the elders could not do. Jesus' presence brought about a life that was full of grace and truth. Then what happened? Well, the chief priests and the elders began to lose their place in society. That's why they gathered to plot and, to, and prepare for Christ's death. Do you see what sin is? Sin is holding on to my place. Sin is not allowing Christ to be in first place and sin is making sure that others stay in their place. At times we're not that much different from the chief priests and the elders. Eventually sin brings with it tornado-like winds and destructive power that ruins everything. And what is Christ's response to our sin? Does he condemn us? Does he lock us up and throw away the key? Do you remember what he said in Matthew 26, 2? You know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Jesus walks to a place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. And at Golgotha, Jesus walks into the storm. In 2 Corinthians 5, 19, Paul writes, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now what does that look like? Well Jesus willingly places himself in the middle of the storm of all storms. Can you hear what he says? Father forgive them for they know not what they do. Father forgive you and me for you and I know not what we do. Oh we're plenty culpable for what we do. But Luke goes on to record. That Jesus said today. You will be with me in paradise. And Jesus says I thirst. And in John he says it is finished. All on the cross. Are you stuck in a bad place? Jesus was stuck in a bad place. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Are you hurting? Jesus hurt. Are you bleeding? Jesus bled. Do you feel like you're gasping for air? Jesus gasped for air. Are you crying? Jesus cried. <laughs> DJ's shaking his head for everything. Is your heart breaking? Well, Jesus' heart was absolutely broken. Hey, look, I'm not saying, you think you got problems? Well, look at what Jesus went through. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not, not saying that as a way to help you gain some perspective or somehow make you feel better. I'm saying it means that we're not alone in the storm. We're never alone in the storm. To the Father, haunted by His angry outbursts, Jesus speaks. To the husband and wife who barely talk to each other, Jesus speaks. To the porn addict, the drug addict, the booze addict, Jesus speaks. To all of us exposed to the constant storm of sin, Jesus speaks. Listen, what does he say? I forgive you. I forgive you. What should we do then when we're stuck in a bad place? A massive, life-threatening, Category 5 kind of storm when it looks as though everything is going to be wiped off the map. Should we panic? Pout? Pretend? Should we freak out? Have our 19th nervous breakdown? Do something we'll regret for the rest of our life? No. No, no, and no. God knows how to get us safely through the storm. Isn't that the message of the Passover? I mean, we didn't, we didn't celebrate a Passover this year. It's, you know, it's something we can do as Christians. It takes a lot of work <laughs> a lot of preparation. God doing whatever it takes to get Israel safely through their unpredictable, ferocious, and hellish storm called Egypt. That was the Passover, the original Passover. There was the Pharaoh with his whips and bricks. There was the Red Sea, which looked like a dead end. And there were the horses and chariots in pursuit. What happened? Well, the Israelites passed through on dry ground, while Pharaoh and his whole army were drowned. God knows how to get his people safely through the storm. He knows how to get you and me safely through the storm. Isn't that the message of Christ's Passover meal as well? Yeah, you bet it is. With his true body and blood, Jesus takes us from a stormy place to another place. The upper room of somebody's house in Jerusalem, a place of peace in his presence, a place to lay our burdens down, a place to receive forgiveness of all our sin. And be made new. Jesus has reserved a place for you at his table. Tonight. And it's a good place. Amen.